یہ انٹرنیشنل گیم ہے اس میں دماغ سے کھیلا جاتا ہے غصے سے نہیں And uh, normally around this time of the year, there's no NBA, nothing to talk about. This is just barren time. This is when we talk about what? We talk about like maybe an upcoming international tournament for India, a FIBA Asia championship yeah. of some level. Usually it's, that's the theme right now. And it's yeah. so weird that the NBA playoffs are going to begin around this time. It's insane to me to even like think how, like, how this year has sort of changed everything around. But... It is shocking, right? Like, we've been watching these games and I almost feel like they are existing on a completely different world than the rest of us. Like, the rest of us have to follow the rules of Earth right now and, like, yes. and worry about all these things. And it's as if the NBA has just gone on. Like, I was, the other day I was, uh, I was telling a friend, it's, uh, I, I think if, if, if this has been, if the NBA is able to pull this off without any major incident and, like, go through and crown a champion... You have to like, you know, tip your hat to Adam Silver. This would be one of the most amazing sort of feats accomplished during a pandemic to to host an entire like postseason of you yeah. know first 22 teams and then 16. Uh, just the, the the logistical madness that goes into this is is unbelievable. And you know, uh, we are used to, you know, I, I'm used to working closely with the logistical madness of the BFI in India, and it's. I I can't even imagine them pulling off like a single outdoor one game when you know with 10 players on the floor during this time without like something going wrong you know so it's just I I am in awe of how how well they have uh, how well the NBA has pulled this off and more than all I it's I, I just I I'm in disbelief actually that that it's even happening you know but here we are yeah Yeah, awe and disbelief. I think those are the two feelings that capture uh, what's going on perfectly. But yeah, of course, we, we'll talk about the NBA uh, a fair bit too in the latter part of the episode. But before we get started, Karan, uh, episode number 95, we're obviously in quite late numbers. Yes. But do you know, do you know if there has been a, a jersey number 95 in the NBA? What would you think? I, I'm going to say yes. I think, and I think there's there are current players wearing 95, aren't there? I, I just can't remember the name, but I I do seem to, I feel that I've seen that number on on someone's back. Absolutely. So that that intuition you have about first of all someone actually wearing jersey number 95, and secondly a current player wearing um, yeah. jersey number 95, spot on. DeAndre Bembry of the Atlanta Hawks wears number 95. Um, and also, some dude called Juan Toscano Anderson wore it for the Golden State Warriors this year. Yeah. So That's, if <laughs> so, so him. I don't know anything about DeAndre entry. Did you say? But Benbury. Benbury. Yeah. But Juan Toscano, I think, is sort of like a well-known guy because he, if, if I'm right, he he is the player. Who, he he's like this Mexican player who sort of got the. Who, who came into the league with this? Um, he, he's American Mexican. He he came in with the reputation of being the Mexican Steph Curry. I remember that being said during a game, uh, during during one of the uh, the <laughs> Warriors game this season. Because I was still tuned in to watch these games, even though no there was nobody playing for the Warriors, and he sort of had his moments once in a while. So so that's the takeaway from number ninety five. <laughs> that's that's amazing. I have. Literally not heard of this player so far. Whereas <laughs> I know I know fair bit about DeAndre Bembry, so it's uh, we're literally scraping the bottom of the barrel of the quality of players here through through all of this. And yeah, I just um, checked the basketball reference page of um, this guy, and he's played 16 games 
for yeah. Golden State Warriors. So good memory there, Karan. I I just happen to listen to when someone says something like Mexican Steph Curry, you're like, what? Yeah. That's <laughs> that, that you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, fair. That's but fair. it's also um, and of course um, yeah finals well, 95. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's a Houston the, Rockets season. The Rockets won their second in a row, beating uh, a very young, young and and uh, unfortunately a, a a team that didn't last very long, the Shaq and Penny Orlando Magic team. Um, shout out to the Rockets, and you know the Rockets will be in our conversation later on today. You know they are um, obviously among one of the teams contending in the bubble, and so are Orlando, who are sort of the home team, I guess. Even though there's no home in a way anymore, there's nothing. We're in a bubble. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's so funny that the the '95 Rockets team was obviously headed by uh, Hakeem, but the yeah. current version of the Rockets don't have a center. Yeah, or don't believe in the concept of a center. <laughs> yeah, like Hakeem, basically, uh, you know, I would probably say the best center of the '90s. Uh, yeah. And meanwhile, you have like. Robert Covington, who's now the, the heir apparent the of P.J. Tucker at times. Yeah, if, if that doesn't say how basketball has changed in the last uh, couple of decades, I don't I don't know what else will. <laughs> Excellent stuff, Karan. Um, so we're going to do this a little bit differently this time. Um, we are going to talk a little bit about the Indian basketball part, but also with the special guests. So it's a very, very different and special, unique version of Uktashin. So, Karan, before we jump onto that, why don't you tell our listeners who we're speaking to today? Yeah, so our guest today is uh, Yash Matange, who is making his second Hoopdashan appearance. He was uh, he was on the podcast, I think, back in December, which might as well have been back in 1995. Uh, it was so long it ago. It does feel like that. <laughs> and uh, uh, and Yash is, of course, he's he, he's one of the lead editors at, um, at NBA.com's India website. You... He's one of those people that if you follow NBA news in India, you you have seen his tentacles and his work literally everywhere. He's doing every interview with every Indian prospect. He's doing a bunch of NBA previews. So he's basically, he, he is on the two boats of Indian basketball and NBA the same way we are. And, uh, and so he's like the perfect guy to talk to not only about a lot of exciting recent developments in Indian basketball when it comes to, uh, in terms of individual success. Uh, and of course, help us preview the bubble playoffs. So um, on that note, let's get Yesh on the call. So I'm excited to have Yesh Matange back on Hoop Darshan. Uh, Yesh needs no further education—not uh, education. Yes, he does need a lot of education. He needs no further introduction <laughs> than the fact that he is basically one of the stars of uh, in- India basketball and NBA in the country. Uh, Yesh, how are you doing? I'm good, Karan. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So. Have you been keeping yourself busy in this sudden sort of return of basketball? There's like, you know, there's like six games happening every day or whatever, something insane like that. And of course, you're covering so much big Indian basketball news. Uh, what is your current schedule like? Are you Do you feel you're playing an entire 48-minute basketball game a day these days? Uh, the new schedules basically killed my sleep uh, <laughs> because... The new Eastern time zone, all the games are, uh, the number of games that start later India time are far lesser, right? So mm. the last game is at like 6.30 a.m. and that's about it. Mm. Uh, whereas if you had a West Coast game, you would have one at 9 after that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm watching games at 1.30, 2.30 a.m., 3.30 sometimes. If Portland's playing at 4, it's at 4. So it's it's messed around with my sleep schedule for sure. So what's but, your, yeah. Like, yeah, do you watch, do you stay up all night watching these games? So I really had to pick which games I want to watch, yeah. sneak in a two-hour sleep in between. Then yeah, yeah. I obviously have to work, so get up for that. So yeah. It's it sounds like the kind of feat that I would I would be very glad to do this kind of lifestyle uh, when when I was in college, and mm-hmm. I used to like you know whether it was like Champions League football or NBA games, like I would be all about, and even if I'm like say I'm 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 late up at night, I've been drinking or whatever. I'd be up at 3, 4 in the morning and stay up till 10, 11 watching sports. And I was okay with that. But at this age, it just sounds unbelievable to pull this off. <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. There, there was a time and day when my body was capable of doing this. But yeah, really, like hats off to you for um, for changing your body clock in such a manner. 
No, so all the great athletes have to, to do it, Yash. Yeah, honestly, that wasn't difficult because COVID, COVID, the lockdown screwed that up. Anyway, so mm. actually, I had to switch back because after the lockdown, you try to switch it back to normal, but yeah. just helped switching it back to no sleep again. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Um, so Yash, before we jump onto the NBA stuff, right? Like, um, there's obviously been a fair bit of. Indian basketball news that's happened late and typically like before we get on to our special guest section of the podcast Karen and I do like a little roundup about uh, the Indian basketball news but since we have you on we thought we'll do it a little bit differently because uh, you, you're obviously fairly well connected to these stories and as as Karen said before you came on like you're if someone has read something about NBA or Indian basketball related in, in India like it'll have your tentacles somehow uh, connected to it so, um, so there's there's been a few different things that's happened right like uh, specifically in the field of some of our younger players up and coming players uh, both uh, men and women getting to play collegiate basketball in or, or sometimes even professional in 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 the US these days so why don't you tell us about how you found out and what your thoughts were about principal things G League news um, so I think the the news came out with the official announcement that the NBA released. Um, maybe if you want to put it that way, maybe some analyst thought that something could be coming his way because he had sort of gotten promotions at every stage from the NBA Academy in India to the Global Academy in Australia. Uh, he was at a couple of winter showcase games in uh, Las Vegas. Um, he's been to every basketball without borders camp possible. So. But obviously nobody could have predicted it. But yeah, when the presser got released, that's when I came to know. And it was a crazy four days after that, trying to write or follow up on any stories possible, just to sort of put his uh, his story out there for anyone who wants to. I'm sure everybody did. So yeah. that that was obviously the biggest one of them. Yes, uh, I'm. You know, when I read your sort sort of roundups like on these news, you obviously go back and. Um, find a lot of information about all these players so whether it's Prince Pal or whether it's the other two young women we'll talk about um, do, do, doing finding out information about Prince Pal doing a research about Prince Pal saying who's now you know become the first Indian to be in this G League select team and I guess he yeah. would hopefully be the third Indian to actually play in the G League um, yeah. it, what struck you in your research is there was there any interesting information that you feel that most people don't know about him or something that you found that was like you know, particularly interesting of about him? Look, one thing that um, any sort of article about him will feature in their story is that he picked up a basketball at the age of 14 mm. and played volleyball before that. Yeah. But I think that's sort of a story for maybe any... I think Satnam did it, something like that. I'm not sure, but he picked up a, the basketball at 14. Yeah. That's, I think, something that's very popular, very on every story. Uh, that... Yeah. That is especially uh, what you just said. It's something I've spoken about um, with Amrit Pal Singh also. Like he had a similar mm-hmm. issue where he uh, he I think didn't even pick up basketball till he was like 17. You know he was a okay. farmer until then, and then suddenly yeah. in four or five years becomes the captain of the team. Uh, Amjot was playing cricket until he was 14. It was it's just it, it it's so it makes me happy and sad because you see like oh wow yeah. like if these if these guys had picked it up four years earlier, they would be super duper stars. And then, you know, it, it, it always seemed like a missed opportunity. In Satnam's case, I think he was actually a bit ahead of the curve. By 14, he was already picked up by, uh, he was already on his way to Florida. So he, yeah, he was playing the game from age 10. But uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's it's unbelievable like how, how late often these, these kids sometimes pick up the, play, pick up the game. Yeah. yeah, and also it's, even like no matter what that age is, it it almost feels like it's a bit too late, right? Like even Satnam, <laughs> he was ahead of the curve. You said compared to the others, but even when his IMG Reliance news came up, it was like maybe he's a bit too old for it. Maybe they were looking for like 10, 11 year olds and not necessarily 14. So, um, so yeah, so anything think, we can do to advance that age. <laughs> in in Satnam's case, I can actually confirm that's exactly what happened. They they were looking for under 14s. I was actually at that camp when you know the, the 50 players were bought in. And IMG last were going to take eight of them. Uh, they were looking for under 14, and Satnam was over 14. So they made an exception for him alone. 
They're like we'll take seven players who are 13 or uh, or 12, and then this one guy who's like, well, we're not gonna like knock him off just because you know this seven foot tall guy with like incredible hands because he turned 14 six months ago. You know, so they made that exception. It's not a bad exception to have, yeah. but yeah. Um, so, 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 what is this G League Select team? Like, do you is, is this going to be a new team that, like, how does that work? I, I still haven't gotten my head around it completely, because I know they have the star Philippine player also, uh, Kai Soto, I think. Kai Soto, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, the Select team is an additional one they're adding for the next upcoming season whenever that starts. Mm. So, fortunately, we were able to have a press conference with uh, the G League president Sharif Abdurrahim. To sort of just the great Sharif Abdul Rahim. Put some respect <laughs> yes. on his name. The guy was like an idol of mine growing up. So when I read these articles about him being introduced as just G League president, kind of offends me. <laughs> no, no, no. The great Sharif Abdul Rahim. So uh, a lot of journalists were able to iron out, sort of just get details on what this is. So it's basically an additional team added to the G League, mm. which won't follow the regular schedule. Okay. Um, it won't have the same competitive. It won't play the same number of games, obviously. It'll just be based out of a... They're saying LA, but it's not confirmed. So they're just saying it's going to be based out of some place where they provide these players with competitive time on the court against G League teams, but it'll be based off of programs that they... Development programs that they have for all of them. Because they're right out of high school or they're right out of the academy in principal's case. So this sounds very... We don't know where they'll play. We don't know what they'll play. It, it, are they actually going to be part of the G League like standings? Will they make it to the playoffs? Will they have that kind of opportunity, or, or will they so, be? A, yeah. Again, I mean that's um, that's very unclear now. But they'll obviously be part of the G League. They'll be playing lesser games than the other teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, what they are going to be doing different with them also is going international, playing against international teams i don't know don't don't quote me on it maybe a real madrid under 16 or under 18 team or something of that sort that's what uh, the president had mentioned that international trips would be part of the exposure or development that they're including listen sharif needs to bring them to play ongc in Dehradun. that that's what i'm all about <laughs> excellent stuff um, so yeah I, I, just to fill in here i think uh, from everything i've read about the j league select team it's meant to be like a one-year program for anyone who's yeah. eligible. And it's part of the NBA's idea to start competing with NCAA on uh, on yeah. creating a funnel for the high school players. So clearly, like they want the young talent in the league as early as possible. Uh, but they also don't necessarily think it's good to wave off the one-year uh, or the age limit that they currently yeah. have for... Um, for the NBA. So this is like an in-between thing that they're yeah. trialing. And obviously, like, they have lots and lots of academies all over the world. So it's a good program for, springboard program for elite talents from those uh, programs Are, as well. Will, will they be paid? Is Principal signing a paid contract? Yes. Yes, yes. So I like everything about this over NCAA, one and Guns. You know, this is, to me, this is like a great step by the NBA. Why? I'm sure some players, you know, if they prefer going to college, that's awesome for them. But... I think this is it's good to have this option around, you know. For yeah. sure. Yeah, it's it's a proper like a disruptive thing that they're doing. We'll see. Be very interesting to see how things play out in the in the future. So um, yes, just a quick one on on principal thing. Like if for people who uh, who are fa- listeners of this podcast, I'm pretty sure like if you're if you're listening to us, you're fairly like in tune with uh, Indian basketball and and things that. Are associated with it, but for the uninitiated, like how would you describe Prince Paul as a as a player? Um, so I think something that Troy Justice also mentioned, uh, and we had a call. He was also on the call with uh, the great Sharif Abdul Rahim. <laughs> so I think he says that he's basically a six ten guy, so you can't teach height, which some of us Indians, Punjabis, basically do have. So he's a talented wing six ten forward, if you want to call him that who has a decent jumper from what I've read, not seen a lot of it. But uh, yeah, I think the coaches and principal have a lot of confidence on his game right now and how it can develop further. So yeah, and the 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 way to sp- the put it is also that 
the his signing is quite historical in the fact that it's not just an Indian signing it. It's the first first NBA Academy alum signing it. Period. Whether that's an academy in China, it's an an academy in Latin America somewhere or in Africa. It's the first NBA Academy mm. student athlete. Period. So. That's that's amazing, um, and on top of all of that, like he has one of the goat names. So let's just let's just hope that he makes it big, so we can hear all of the uh, we can hear Reggie Miller butcher his name, Prince Pal Singh. <laughs> you you won't be able to butcher the word Prince. I think that should just be his. You know. <laughs> you hope so. <laughs> Excellent stuff. So, uh, Karan, you brought this up a few moments ago, but there were also two women who got into NCAA college programs and this has been uh, like year after year like our up and coming girl players um, they make it to heights that uh, that the men don't necessarily have uh, have reached yet so Anne Mary Zakaria and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm saying that right because that's how Malayali say that um, <laughs> but um, and, and Sia the other and I'm pretty sure I'm saying that wrong because I don't know how that's pronounced uh, Sia Doda, uh, that's so fine. both that's, of them. It, it's a, it's a, it's a Marathi name. Sia, Sia yeah. yeah. Excellent stuff. That's it. Uh, so they have, they have made it to the collegiate level as well. So Yash, what can you tell us about those two players and where they're headed? So as of right now, they've announced uh, that they're committing to Life Prep Academy, which, if I'm not wrong, I think it's a prep school, not a, a collegiate uh, college, and. It's rare, it's rare to have them as teammates, two Indian girls, teenagers, to go to a prep school and be teammates. That's huge. I mean, I think these Sia, the other is, I think, the ninth girl yeah. or the tenth over the past three years, which is just crazy. And then to have two of them be teammates in the same prep school is is great news. It's just great news. Yeah, it, I, I think they did a smart thing by, by getting them both there because um, if, if there's... If there's one thing you don't want, you know, uh, is to have, is to have someone not only in in new culture, like someone like Anne Anne Marie was picked first, and she shows up in Wichita in Kansas, which is like, it's not even like, it's like Heartland America. It's it, it's like getting someone from Heartland, USA, and sending them, you know, to my hometown. Like it'll be so confused. So it's not even a big. So, so I think it's it's a very smart thing that they did by getting. Uh, two of these players, so they can actually have the solidarity together. I, I think they have a relationship from yeah, playing that, in the that makes sense, yeah. from the NBA India women's program. I think they've all played together. Um, th- that NBA India Academy women's program has been so successful because, like, year after year, you're getting so, such a great number of these players who have sort of shown some potential in those in those like three or four day camps, and they almost yeah. immediately they. Um, they're picked up you know if they play well there you, you know that they'll be picked up between six to eight months by some kind of like as you said like uh, like a prep academy or ncaa college i mean earlier this year we were talking about uh, we had a um, we had we had her simran core on the podcast who's obviously doing big things sanjana ramesh is doing big things Vaishnavi yadav like it, it it's awesome to see these these young women sort of take these big steps uh yes you did you interview both of them? Uh, did you interview Anne Marie and Sia at different times, or, or you haven't had a chance to yet? No, so I spoke to Sia, I think, okay. in June or okay. late July. Or and, and this was then. after the news, right? No, this was before the news. Oh, okay, okay. I think uh, Sia just announced it a week back or a couple of days ago. So, so I mean, what can you tell us about her? I, I know she's like an undersized guard, right? Like, uh, right. It, what can you tell us, tell us about her personality? How, how Do you think she's ready for like a challenge like this? Uh, what did you learn about her in, in speaking to her? Uh, more than speaking to her, I think speaking to her coach is very helpful in understanding uh, the style of play she enjoys and how even at 5'7", she's been able to reach possibly as high as her sibling core has over the past, since basically the start of 2019. Both of them have been at almost every camp uh, that the other has other than maybe the NBA Global Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Coach Blair and Coach Jennifer, when we had a press conference with them, they shared how she loves sharing the ball. Mm-hmm. She has great vision and she's just 17, which, and she's been going to the academy for the past two years. So mm-hmm. 
that's that's great experience for a 17 year old yeah. carrying forward absolutely um, so just quickly to wrap up like all of the indian stuff you uh, karan you rattled off a, a list of names mm-hmm. uh, of indian players who are all playing state side right now mm-hmm. um if you had to if, if yash you could tell us about any other sort of upcoming players that we should keep an eye out for in the next year or so uh, <laughs> are you aware of any of these uh, names that our listeners would also be interested to know um no i think uh any that would commit further i'm i'm not sure because the all of them who have committed were the top performers at every academy camp that they had before that so sia and harsimran and anmari were all among the award winners at the uh, camp that was held during the india games mm-hmm. so it's clearly a sign that those guys that that camp is really helping yeah uh, them with recruitment uh, it's helping them in speaking with coaches or getting better in communication and stuff like that uh, but i'm sure every time there is a camp there's going to be the next lot because that's how it's coming out i'm sure it's obviously based on the academic year as well but with every camp there's a fresh lot that keeps coming out that is eligible that is as talented so i think it was about time for the next camp but yeah obviously covid slowed it out i and from the academy itself are there any male players who who have been at the nba academy india who are sort of next in line and i don't mean necessarily for something the way that prince pal did like he sort of had a, a very like unique path but but i mean mm-hmm. do you think are there any indian male players who have the opportunity or, or or the talent to 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 make it to like an ncaa level whether it's d1 d2 anything like that oh again don't quote me on it but there are a couple of people who have been performing quite well over the past year uh, at the academy who've made news consistently one is aman sandhu or i think they yeah. call him baby punjab i'm not sure baby big baby, baby punjab big baby punjab yeah, yeah we had him on our podcast he's he's yeah. indian yeah. so i think he was invited to the uh, basketball without borders global camp during yeah. the all star weekend uh, and he's if you see his transformation from 3 years ago when the academy started it's unbelievable uh, yeah yeah the transformation in his physique is unbelievable yeah uh, and he i think he made a lot of noise or rather got a lot of eyeballs when he went to the basketball without borders camp okay. he says he's trying to communicate or the talks are going on uh, where he's quite he's quite insistent on having a t1 scholarship or making sure that he can do that because that's the next step mm-hmm. that's one and the next one i think is pranav prince yeah another prince who's yeah who's again been a star in the academy i think uh, last year in november they had a, a they had a development camp in the global academy where from all the rest of the academies they had i think a group of 24 scattered across all other academies just for a global get together development camp and he was the only other indian apart from of course principals already there but he was the other indian invited which is a big deal they the academy went to hungary to play twice stage 1 and stage 2 he was a star in each one of those sort of round robin league games that they had played so he he's very again he's very long quite a good wingspan i'm not i'm not sure about the rest of the uh, aspects of his game but from a physique standpoint he looks really good pretty amazing india sent two princes to hungary that's just <laughs> That's pretty wild. <laughs> uh, uh, well, well, Yash, uh, thank you for sort of updating us with this information, and you know, um, we are all excited for. E- even while, like, you know, I-, I continue to face an existential crisis about the basketball scene in India itself. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that the individual players are still are are at least making it out, uh, even though this is a very small percentage, and we are only hearing about the the cream of the crop. I hope their success trickles down and sort of like helps to grow like the grassroots scene also. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know about uh, this. Is my opinion. Don't take it. Nobody said this, but I feel we might have a WNBA player before we have a NBA player. Oh, and that is 100%. That's been our opinion for a decade. Oh, we, great. Ever since the time that, <laughs> like, I mean, we've been saying this. We thought, it, I honestly thought it'd be Gitu, ten uh, years ago right, when, right. She, when she yeah. had all those. So 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 we have always been on the train that it that the 
that 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 like the journey to WNBA might be a bit easier. Mm-hmm. I actually felt so. So this was actually something in conversation with Gitu all those years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I think she would have actually made the WNBA, but WNBA have uh, fewer roster spots than the NBA does, or at least back then they did. I don't know what the rules are now, okay. but you know how the NBA has 15 full roster spots. The WNBA only had 13 or 14, okay. and I think that's how close she came to to yeah. making one of those teams. It's uh, uh, now again we are talking about somebody like her who is basically a once in a generation player. Uh, but, but I agree with you. I think uh, we likely see, and, and I have a feeling it might be her Simran core. That's just my I'm throwing that name also, out there. I, yeah. I think, also, I feel also I feel there's no compulsion in the WNBA to uh, commit after your first year in college, because mm-hmm. the general trend is to go after your four years, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. might help all of these girls who go to college, uh, colleges in US to have four years yeah, playing yeah. college ball and then they're ready. Whereas in the guys, it's you jump as soon as you're ready, which some of the Indian guys might be caught. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, they, they, off, often it, it, it helps being mature four years later yeah. uh, to be ready for that level. Um, Yash, it also gives us it gives us enough time to have them on group session multiple times before they yeah, do that. Yeah, before they get too famous, that's true. We <laughs> exactly. Are, <laughs> Uh, you know, Kaushik, I'll always remember, we, we had Satnam on in our maybe fifth episode, basically like two weeks before oh. he got drafted. It was it was sort of like a, it was a momentous occasion because two weeks later, no one could get him. It was just like, wow. he, had, he had just been drafted and then like it was over. He, you know, he, he became this like superstar guy. Um, okay, let's talk about, uh, let's, let's pivot a little bit. Uh, Yash, I'm sure you, as you said, you've been staying up all night watching the NBA bubble. Yeah. Um, as we speak, we are recording this on Saturday, 15th August. Uh, Jai Hind, mm-hmm. Happy Independence Day to everybody. Happy Independence Day. Um, but, 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 but this could also be a day of independence and freedom. I'm sure Damien Lillard is somewhere in a huddle giving a, 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 a very patriotic speech to, to his team right now to ramp them up because in a few hours they're going to play the very first. Uh, what are Maybe. we calling them? The plane game. games, yeah, yeah. Plane games. Plane games. Yeah. And by the way, do you know that these games they don't count as they don't count as regular season or as playoffs? I don't know if you yeah, saw yeah, that yeah. the conversation someone was having from the yeah. NBA yesterday. So they, they, so they're they're not real games. They are magical games. <laughs> they, they have no real meaning. You, you could do anything. You could have a 70 point game. You could have a 100 point game and it won't count. That's the thing. <laughs> um, which I won't, I mean, I, I, I won't be surprised if Dame just does go for 70 one of these games. Uh, so, so, so the way it is, is that, the, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Portland, if they win today, they're through, they're eighth seed. But if they lose yeah, today, yep. then they'll play again tomorrow, which is wild, playing again in like, whatever, 16 hours, 15 hours. And so Memphis has to win both to have a chance, but Portland just has to win the first one, right? Yeah, correct. That's right, yeah. Um, so, Yash, we'll just start with you since you are an uh, obsessed Damien Lillard fan. And, and we've, we're sort of, uh, this is the, the Damien Lillard spring right now. We're seeing him at his very best. Um, what has been your sort of initial reaction of seeing this last, these last eight games, these magical eight games, not just for Dame, but, you know, for a few other individual players who've really been able to shine um, and usually they are from teams that are battling for the playoff spot, right? Like the team, the, the star players like Kawhi, yeah. LeBron, Giannis are sort of chilling right now. But yeah. the guys who are in the seventh, eighth position are really trying very hard. So why don't you start with Dame and sort of your your sort of top experiences of watching him, your your, your first ideas of watching him. Uh, I'll keep it short on Dame because I might I might go on too long. Don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> say what so, you have to say. So look, we've seen this we've seen this from Lillard before. He walks the talk. Or every time he's called on something, he lets his game do the talking. I mean, there's plenty of times when he's been snubbed on an all-star team and he comes out later half of Feb or the first half of March, just blazing teams and winning games. So we knew this something like this would happen, but obviously the magnitude of it is crazy. 51 and 1, 61 and the one after that. He's just casually throwing uh, shots from the logo. Like it's something I used to do. Like it's something he does every day. It's it's been a delight to watch. Uh, it's been it was obviously tension filled because the Nets kept it really close in the last game. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, Lillard for me is a bubble MVP. I might be biased, but I think he deserves it or he earns it. So yeah. Uh, Kaushik, uh, who would you say would be your you know uh, bubble sort of five your, your bu- bubble all bubble team so far? Based on like I mean of course I know, <laughs> we all know Davis in it, but who else would you would you add Definitely. to that list? Definitely. So I think the the obvious choice here is Devin Booker. It's very yeah. unfortunate that the the run that the Phoenix Suns put together, the, literally the best thing that they could do, which is win all eight games, and that still wasn't enough. Um, so I guess it, it has to. It, it isn't fair if we don't have Devin Booker in there. And I'd go as far as saying both Booker and Lillard are like my co bubble MVPs. Um, so if if you put those two, do do I have to pick like a like a proper basketball team, or can I just put five best players? There, there's there? nothing proper anymore. The Rockets have a six foot seven <laughs> center. It doesn't matter. You could start Luka at center. It's okay. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna start Luka because it's because it's Luka, um, and I'm not just saying that because I'm I'm a, I'm as biased about Luka as Yaf is to um, to Lillard, <laughs> oh, okay. but he's. He, He's he's played he's played pretty well as well. But yeah. even before we get to Luca, I think probably like you have to give a an honorable mention to T.J. Warren, who's um, of course who's who suddenly emerged <laughs> as like uh, as as the bubble guy. Um, yeah, it's not you can't put, look past the 50 point game and and like the multiple 30 something point games that he's put together. So I definitely have him in there. Um, and if I have to round out the other two. Um, it's probably Luca because he put together like a really great highlights package. Mm-hmm. Even though the the Mavericks ended up probably losing a little more games than they should have, uh, and they probably didn't take it as seriously or didn't need to take it as seriously as some of the other teams had to. Um, Luca definitely shined, and, and the, the key highlight for me was like that between the legs, yeah, with his left hand pass. That was incredible, and for the for the clutchness of that moment and and the nonchalance with which he made yeah. that play was unbelievable. Um, and I I have a hard time picking who like who who the fifth person is. Like it's it could be you could make a case for like Paul George, you could make a case for Anthony Davis, you could make a case for Giannis as well. But um, the the bubble just like it, it didn't matter for so, too many people. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna be very contrarian about it and say that my starting five is just four people. <laughs> I, I I had those four and I and I added uh, a token Toronto Raptor because they were incredible and I just felt I had to sort of you know uh, show my respect so I added Siakam uh, even though he maybe Lowry was the best Raptor it was more just to like balance out uh, the size situation um, so so again like uh, uh, Kaushik, you mentioned a lot of the players didn't take it as seriously at the at the among the best teams, but we all know that they're sort of playing possum, right? Like w- the moment the playoffs start, I think, which is in two days from now, um, you're gonna start seeing guys like LeBron and Giannis, and uh, hopefully you know a, a few other of the of the biggest stars, Kawhi as well, really start taking it seriously and like uh, showing us you know. That, that that they mean business here, you know. Um, before we get to that, I I, I want to ask Yash, how 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 has your experience of watching this bubble basketball been? You know, we all know it's weird. We know that there's no fans. They have this these fake like virtual fan things, which actually have, which actually like you know it seems to work out pretty well. And we are in this world where there's no home, no away. There's there's a lot of stuff that could go, you know. There'll be a lot of things done in the next few months of these playoffs that that have never been done before, you know. Uh, especially because of this, these empty gyms and no home, no away situation. So, what has been your experience so far of this? Like, have you adjusted quickly to to this new sort of basketball world that we are living in? Yeah, for some reason it didn't take me long. I think the first game, obvious, like like you mentioned, what stands out is the virtual screens that they have for the virtual fans. I mean, so screens are there for the virtual fans, and that's a that's about all that stood out. Everything else was, I felt from a visual on a league, watching on League Pass or watching on TV felt quite similar to me because the noise was something they were trying to create. Yeah. It's obviously not 100% same, but it felt quite same to me. Yeah. Kaushik, what about you? How has the experience been of watching these games so far? 
yeah i wasn't sure what to expect either um in in a best case scenario this is like this is what um indian nationals aspires to be dreams to be which is like <laughs> but in like a worst case scenario it's just like a weird high school sort of situation for the nba basketball players so it, it was very strange but i kind of got warmed up to the virtual fans cuz yeah. they they started doing fun things about it like they had yeah. paul pierce in there who was like sleeping and getting bored <laughs> they had they had dirk nowitzki who was making funny faces so i i like that they had some fun with it and it wasn't just like a bunch of people who uh who who had delayed reactions because of slow live streams and stuff like that um well it's good it'll be interesting to see how this carries over in the playoffs because obviously the intensity goes up a little bit um but yeah i i've, I've been enjoying it i i've been enjoying all of these uh radical new 3d camera angles that the yeah. nba promised us and uh, looking at kyle kuzma's jump shot winner from back in the, uh, from a few days ago um shown in that new camera angle it was great i i'm enjoying it or i might just be missing missing basketball because we haven't added it for the last few months i think it's a bit of both <laughs> but uh, i i i'm glad you brought up the whole the, the feeling of and the best case scenario of indian national uh, it, it really felt feels to me now again this is going to sound like a funny comparison but stay with me here it it does feel to me like one of these camps where or, or like a or like a national tournament where you know teams come from all over india you know they'll they'll be teams from like every different state they'll take their trains they'll take their flights um you you'll actually have like you know up to 50 teams if you count both the boys and the girls teams and they'll all be staying in hotels around the arena they'll all be eating in the same mess and they'll all basically the, there are very few actual fans uh, the, so the players end up being fans of each other the players and their families just go to watch the other games so the arenas actually it, it's a very i know you can say that oh yeah indian basketball no one comes to watch it and i agree it's a big problem but in a different way it was a very pure form of watching the game because i wasn't distracted by anything else except the the basketball on court you're like completely in tune with only the sport you know um and i feel like it, it, it this bubble is giving me those the feelings of being in a camp like that or be, where everyone is living together you sort of have to suffer together so even when you have like a bubble beef whether it's like Damian Lillard and and oh, Paul George yeah. or whether it's like Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren or, or Jimmy Butler and and Chris Paul also the other day like yeah. I I love it I I love that it's going to be so heightened because you you might be beefing but then it's not like you can run away somewhere you, you all you kind of maybe have to you might cross paths again in the same like dining hall or whatever you know later that day so um yeah I I really enjoyed the picture of imagining NBA players sitting in a mess Like yeah, standing, exactly. Stand, standing in line with their plates in their hands, looking to pick up like the last puri in a in a bowl no, and stuff like that. No, of course their food is gonna be like a hundred times better than like <laughs> what a poor athletes get. Like, dude, the 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 sort of the the food and accommodation that our athletes get in these tournaments are it's just terrible. I, it it was just that's the absolute worst. But um. But that said, you know what I mean, right? Like just the the feeling of being in the same campus at all times. It it, it has a very collegiate or like very um, AAU feel to it almost, you know? Yeah, it's just a, uh, it's just like a it's a tournament. It's not like yeah, the yeah. NBA. Yeah. It, I definitely get the same vibes. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be fun to see um, how this sort of. I think in the long term, the stories that are gonna come out of this, you know, the the stories of tampering, or the stories of like players having beef with each other. or eventually now when the families are going to come in you know um th- there's going to be like issues between the families too and you know the, the, the families will end up being the the actual fans or uh, doing some of these games so is this going to be like it, it's it's going to be very unique I, i obviously missed the real version of nba games but i like the the sort of masala that this is adding to the to to the games here absolutely if Instagram beefs between players families is anything to go by I think we are, we're in for some treats. I I'm excited and and also of course uh, we're going to find out who the players are allowed to invite and who they who they're not. It's going to be it's going to be great to see, you know, player X inviting someone he saw on Instagram a few weeks ago and trying to sort of sell it off as he knows her pretty well. Like it's going to be <laughs> there's going to be a lot of that uh in the bubble. Um Yash uh let let's talk about the, the performances so far any any players that you're sort of disappointed by any teams or players that you were expecting a bit more of 
and you hope to sort of see them turn it around in, in the playoffs? Uh, I mean, Lakers stand out, but again, you can't really call them on that because you can say they were trying to get into a rhythm. They were trying to give some guys minutes who needed to sort of just get game reps to find a place in the rotation. I'm sure there are multiple playoff teams like that who already had their spot secured, but were just trying to figure out rotations, game reps. I thought the Lakers play quite well, but having a three-game skid in the middle of a bubble is, is quite unusual for the top seed in the West, I felt. But uh, other than that, nobody major stood out to me. It's just, yeah, just I just felt the Lakers, yeah, just... For a while, it seemed that Anthony Davis was really, like, really, really sort of coming into his own. And early in the bubble, it was like, oh, this is going to be AD's team. I think that was the mm-hmm. conversation for a while. Uh, you know, the... the the way these conversations, conversation topics, they switch so quickly. You have two good games and everyone forgets this kid. Yeah. Um, and with, with LeBron teams, like we know this by now, that he he's capable of just switching it on and then all of a sudden you forget all the mistakes he's made. Um, Kaushik, I'll ask you as the resident hardcore Laker fan, who is, who is the third best player on this team? Oh man, do I have to answer this? You have to answer it's too, this. It's too difficult because, <laughs> um, unfortunately, I think it might be like just purely based on upside. It might be Kuzma, uh, and which is not the most like inspiring thing for a championship team, right? Like he's fairly inconsistent and like he's a bit leaky on defense and stuff like that. But like he, he's the only one that. Uh, yeah, I'm just look. I'm, I'm trying to look at positives here. Uh, <laughs> um, he but he's the only one who has. He did, but only because others weren't trying, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, like, he's the only one who can hit the three-pointer with any sort of consistency, and even he's not that consistent. So, just purely based on on the upside, I think like he has the potential to be the third best player. And he said things like that as well. He he said like. He has to feel and play like he's the third best player on this team uh, for the Lakers championship aspiration. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, it might be him. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be it's going to be like a two-man team, to be honest. Like, there's everybody has a role to play. Just play defense, hit hit open shots, um, hustle, and stuff like that. So they're going to play like a like a very veteran team that like that, that doesn't really play too fast. That that just like scraps hard on defense and tries to make the most of any non-Anthony Davis LeBron James situation uh, which which is like the, if you want to have a, a twosome as as good as it can get like that's that's the two but at the same time like we, they probably have the worst third option amongst any of the serious contenders so it's going to be interesting to see Listen, as you were speaking, I had another sort of uh, comparison to Indian basketball. Okay, are you ready for this yes, one, Koshik? Yes, go for it. So, so, actually, even more than a national tournament, this bubble is maybe like a UBA tournament. Because all the UBA games take place in Hyderabad, right? But then the teams have all these names like Delhi and, and Bangalore okay. and Chennai. So, the teams have this city yes. names, but they're all actually on one court. And, and especially towards the end of the UBA league, the best teams had two really great players and then everyone else was basically scrapping. So so when you see the box okay. scores, it'd be like, Vishesh has 50 points and the other like uh, American player has 40 points and no one else cracks eight. So so basically, yeah. you just describe the Lakers to me. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect uh, a, a UBA season four or season five, was it? I think one, one of the late seasons. <laughs> yeah, one, one of the later seasons to be... It was the blueprint for the bubble. Compared. <laughs> wow. Um, there's there's clearly some uh, some overflow from from the past couple of episodes where we've spoken a little bit of UBA. Um, that's that's making its way into this, which is great, fantastic, and like you're on the money there. I'm I'm gonna switch you guys to the Eastern Conference. Um, uh, the Bucks are the number one seed, but they sort of lost their edge again, and this could be. Um, you know, they barely played Giannis, and when they played him, he was headbutting people. Um, they cl- so, do you still feel the same confidence you do about the Bucks winning the East? I think a lot of them had them winning the East before the, the bubble began. Uh, yes, I'll start with you. Do you, do you still feel confidently that, that they are the best team to win the, the Eastern Conference? No, man. I think the bubble actually 
change my thoughts. Uh, when I saw Raptors play against the Lakers, I'm like, uh, I should have been paying more attention to the defending champs and should be giving them far more respect that they were getting or I was giving. So, I, I mean, I still think the Bucks um, can probably make it to the finals, but the chances have gotten a lot, lot, they're a lot slimmer now because the Raptors look legit, I feel. Yeah, the Raptors are my favorite team in the bubble. And actually, they've been my favorite story all season, what they've been able to sort of do without Kawhi. Uh, my only issue with them is like, and I know this is going to sound like very old-fashioned and it's sort of antithetical to the way like advanced stats think now. But it is true. In the in the playoffs, you need a guy on in the half court who can sort of create yeah. uh, for themselves and others with ease, uh, and especially when like everyone is really tired. And that's what Kawhi was at genius level at that. He was bas- basically one of the all-time greats at that last season. Um, I I agree with you. They're going to be the closest challenge to the Bucks in the East. Uh, but I feel the Bucks might still scrape it out. Uh, Kaushik, where do you stand on this? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Karan. I think like the the main separator between the Raptors and the Bucks last season was Kawhi. And like when push comes to shove in the clutch stages of the playoffs, you need that like individual talent to to lift you. Um, and as good as the Raptors have been as a as a team, they're like they're amazing. They're defensively so solid, and a, 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 any given player can sort of pick them up on a on a day. But I think at that absolute pinnacle level they don't have someone of Kawhi's stature that they that they did last year so um, I'm going to I'm going to play it smart and I think I'm going to pick the Bucks to come out of the East and 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 let's be real like even even Giannis isn't like his his biggest weakness is not being able to be that half half court creator you know like when, when the game slows exactly. down he he struggles and I think to me uh, this is it, it, I have him in the biggest spotlight of any other NBA player. These playoffs, I think the, the pressure is on him more than anyone else because he is going to be a back-to-back MVP. He is in the best team in the conference in the league now. And anything but like a finals appearance would be considered like a huge disappointment. You know, if he, if he doesn't make the finals this year, I feel teams like Miami and Golden State might as well start like sending him the, their uh, invites for, for when he becomes a free agent. Uh, uh, any, any other, any other Eastern yeah. conference teams that you guys have that could make like a potential uh, upset? I don't know how you guys feel about Boston. I'm not as sold on them anymore. I actually have a higher ceiling. It's, it's going to sound weird, but for Miami, I, I kind of have more belief in them. They just seem to have more moving parts and um, just like more like ruggedness. I don't know. How, how do you feel about yeah, like Who do you think is after the these two teams you mentioned in the East, who do you feel has the best chance? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel Miami is also Miami's next sort of. I feel the third best team in the East. Um, I feel 76ers have obviously lost Ben Simmons, so that's that's a dent there. Boston again, I don't know who take Tatum. Tatum will take over. Uh, it's probably the number one option, but do they get past the Sixers? Because if to guard Embiid, nobody knows that. I think Miami is the third best team in the East and they could make a big deep run this time. I think I think with Kemba's sort of like knee issue, the I think the yeah. Celtics have really, really sort of I think their ceiling has been lowered a little bit. Um Kaushik, who else is there anyone we haven't mentioned that I I know you're gonna be dying to watch Luca have his like playoff explosion. Um <laughs> do, do you wanna talk about Luca for the next fifteen minutes or is there <laughs> anyone else that you feel deserves a bit more sort of Conversation in the shine. Yeah, I think I think this might make for a very uh, difficult listen if I just keep <laughs> talking about Luca. People might just tune out of it. Who is this guy fanboying uh, Luca for 15 minutes straight? But I think like I, I'm a, I'm a bit like disappointed that it ended up being uh, Dallas versus Clippers because I think like the the way the Dallas team is built and the way Clippers are built, like I think Lucas might have a bit of a rude awakening in, in the in the playoffs, because like they can put two extreme high-quality defenders on on him, uh, and it might make him look not so good, or he might just turn it on and, and make it look great. Uh, I'm hoping for the latter at least. But the one that we haven't spoken about, which I think like it's going to be very interesting to see how they play in the playoffs, because obviously there's no there's no Ben Simmons for the Philly 
Philadelphia 76ers. But it, it's a pretty big year for Embiid, I think. Like, he's done a lot of talking. Um, there's been a lot of hype that's built up to this season. And it's a bit of a make-it-or-break-it season, I think, for them. Um, they might have to change directions based on how things play out. And I, from, for the most part, I think it's not going to play out very well. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see what the Sixers are going to be like. So, th- there's no Simmons, like I said. So, it's going to be Embiid or nothing for them. Uh, and I don't know if they necessarily have enough offense or shooting or, or like, enough of a, like a normal functioning basketball team for them to make noise at, uh, at, at that level. But also, if Embiid turns it on both offensively and defensively, he's quite unstoppable. So... It will be very interesting to see how they, they proceed. And it will be interesting to see if this means this is the end of the road for Brett Brown on on that team. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a very make-it-or-break-it year for them, I think. I'm going to say it will be break-it. There are too many ifs. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and Brett Brown just has to go. This is way past his expiration date with this team. I think he's, I think he's got his chances. He, he'll have to go. Um, but I'm glad you brought them up because they're a weird team. They're different. Um, the Rockets, of course, we mentioned them earlier, are a weird team. They're, they're small and they could cause some real damage. Uh, and then there's the Nuggets, who are just giants, who who start like a seven-foot point guard, uh, who could also create some some noise. So like out of these, uh, I'm sort of shifting gears to ask you, Yash, about these kind of West contenders um, beyond the Lakers and the Clippers. So we have, we have Nuggets, we have Rockets. Maybe the Jazz, I, I, although I, I don't really believe in them. Uh, who would you say is is like? I know we are all sort of expecting a LA LA conference finals, but are there any of these other teams that you think could crash that party? I personally only got uh, Houston. I feel Denver still. I mean, they're deep and they're well. They have a lot of good talent, but I think they weren't able to get into rhythm in the bubble, especially because of injuries or few. COVID positives or something along those lines. But I feel Houston just randomizes everything in a game. Like, mm-hmm. whatever the opponent's playing style is, their own playing style, they just randomize it. Uh, have a 6-7 center, like you said. Just shoot 61 three-point attempts in a game. Keep running. They just randomize it, and I feel that could throw off an opponent. I don't know, even all through a playoff series, I feel. So I think they're the only ones who can crash uh, the LA party, in my opinion. They're playing the first round against OKC, which is going to be an incredible sort of yeah. reunion between CP3 and his former teammates. Uh, and it's and such a pity that it's such just, a pity that Westbrook misses that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And not only that, it's a pity that we're not actually in front of the fans who would have seen Westbrook come back to play. Yeah, uh, that would have been you know, mind blowing. It would have been incredible. Yeah, just just to add to what Yash said about um, the Houston Rockets. He's like, yeah, you're absolutely spot on in saying that like they randomize a game, and this is like this is something that Daryl Morey has admitted as well. Like he said that his edge in a game for his team is to increase variance or variability as much as possible, so that like if things go their way, like they become a bit unstoppable. But my biggest my biggest concern with them is like if you see that on like a on a sh- on a regular season schedule, right, like. Suddenly, you don't know what's hit you, and but if you start seeing that in the playoffs, game after game, like I think it becomes a bit easy to work out, uh, and I think there's like a very natural limit on how uh, how well that will function. And we've also seen, and I, until we are proven otherwise, I think like James Harden's effectiveness starts to dwindle through the course of series uh, or through the course of multiple games within the same series as well. So. Uh, again, like one of those things where I am, uh, I, I am waiting to be proven wrong, but I actually don't think it will happen. You have the same opinion, but my one, di- my one d- d- difference is that I actually believe in the Nuggets a lot more than the Rockets, just because. I, 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 let me say, I, I won't say I believe in them. I just would, I would like to believe in them. <laughs> it's just, I love the fact that they are massive. They have a guy whose whose name is Bol Bol. Um, <laughs> basically like there's so many hindi songs named after him just it, it's very inspiring to me michael porter jr <laughs> when he isn't like going off on conspiracy theories is incredible i like he, I, I love the fact that he's been the breakout star of this um of one of the breakout stars of this bubble so um i would love to see the nuggets yeah. make like uh, a long run just because they're s- such a fun like 
again, and I can see similarly to why the, some people who like the Rockets, uh, because the, the Nuggets and the Rockets on a different side, side of the spectrum present something that is not normal, you know. They're sort of both breaking the mold of the NBA. So it's kind of fun to have teams like that crash the party in a way. Yeah, and, and it's, a, it's a big year for the Nuggets too. Like they've had a couple of consistent playoff disappointments. So maybe uh, the pressure is on on your kids this time. So before we wrap this up, uh, Yash, of course, we're going to do our... Uh, we have to do some predictions, right? So who do you have like in, as the conference finalists, the finalists, the champions? Let's just, let's just have those three levels uh, go, going forward. Who would you say? So I've got an LALA conference finals in the yeah. West with Clippers winning in, you could pick it, five, six, seven. And I'm not sure how the series goes, but I've got the Clippers going through. No, no. <laughs> so I'll just move on to the East. In the East, I think uh, I have the Raptors and the Bucks. And um, I think the Raptors make it, but... If Giannis decides to take over and really shows his worth, then it's Bucks in the finals. Mm-hmm. Bucks Clippers, it's I think it's quite if just talent. If you go by the talent on paper, I think Clippers win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Koshik, do you differ in this? This seems to be the <laughs> consensus right now. But you were moaning yeah, a lot uh, when your Lakers were called out. Yeah, so uh, like my if you ask my head to answer, it'll agree with yes. But if you ask my heart to answer, it'll, it'll vehemently disagree. Um, I, I, the only thing is, I think like for, I, I don't see any other team making it outside of LA, Lakers and Clippers in the West. Like there's, yeah. there's an off chance that the Nuggets could do it. There's an off chance that the Rockets could do it. But like for all, like if, if I simulated like a thousand scenarios, 990 of them will have the uh, LA teams make it. I think. Uh, the my biggest problem with this is like if. We had a normal scenario. This would be seven home games for the Lakers, but yeah, without that, like I, I don't know if that advantage like exists. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll be really curious to see. Like, obviously, like the Lakers don't have anyone of the level of like. You, you can't stop both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in the same way as. Uh, and, and at the same time, like you, you, they don't have anyone to stop Davis either. So whoever wins that like ex- excess edge that the other team can't stop, I think wins it. But yeah, again, like given Kawhi's uh, ascension to being one of the most clutch players ever in in the history of the NBA, I think I might have to I might have to lean towards the uh, Clippers. Sadly, uh, <laughs> and in 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 the East, uh, I do agree that again I can't think of other teams that could make it outside of Bucks and and the Raptors, but maybe the the Heat or or the Celtics, if things go well for them, they have a bigger chance than any of the other teams in the West have of upstaging the the two LA teams. So mm-hmm. um, it'll be it'll be amazing if like Jimmy turns it on and and the Heat emerge as like a surprise contender, but um, yeah, I can't I can't see it being uh, being beyond the Bucks and the Raptors and and, and Bucks to win it. In the Eastern Conference Finals, and then do you have the Clippers winning the title over the over Milwaukee? I think so. I think so. Like there's just too much uh, clutchness and experience in in Kawhi, and the Clippers team just seems to be like it's put together for a deep playoff run, right? Like, I, I, yes, they haven't necessarily like all of them played together for too long this season. They've had a lot of breaks and so on, but like it, it's just got all of the makings of like a proper properly assembled playoff team where, where the others you could point flaws in like a lot of other teams but it's it's hard to do that with the Clippers so I'm going to also be very boring and basically quickly agree with everything you guys have said I feel it's going to be more or less the same my, my heart wants a Clippers Raptors final because I, I want to see that uh, yeah, reunion nice. between Kawhi and his teammates but I think it's going to be Clippers over Bucks again uh, so instead of sort of talking more about that, because I agree, uh, I, I do want to go back very quickly, caution something you said about the Lakers having seven home games if it had actually been in LA. I think one of the the cruelest things that this bubble or this pandemic has stolen from us, basketball-wise, is the fact that we don't get that incredible epic conference finals between Lakers and Clippers. The, the LA showdown 
would have just been the hype would have been created in that city and then by that generally like around the world of basketball would have been completely incredible and of course with the fact that like there is like kobe's hovering spirit and the memory of kobe like over th- this whole proceedings i think i think like having that would have made the lakers win it i actually feel just the idea of of defending in, in, front, of, in front of laker fans who are who are so like who are inspiring them so much but in a bubble where there's no fans there's nothing and you just need a machine like kawai to do the job he is the terminator he's going to get the job done so um <laughs> Yeah, so uh, sort of ending on the bittersweet note that it would have been amazing to have this series in LA um, as a as a conference final. Um, Question. Yash, thank you for giving us so much of your time and your expertise and uh, and all of that. We hoping that by well, I know you're hoping that the the Blazers win today or <laughs> or the next time and and make the and make the playoffs but even if they don't uh, it's going to be a very busy few months for you it'll be busy few months for all of us but you actually have to work through this so uh good luck for this and uh, yeah I, I i hope to catch up again on on chat or something in the future definitely guys thank you so much for having me it's always great to talk hoops with you guys thank you so much take care yash thanks yash thanks guys take care so I want to thank Yash Matange and and helping us do this uh, extra long. We always end up going too long a playoff preview, but you know there, there's so much to say and I know we missed we we missed so many more details and so many teams, but we'll be back with more uh, NBA discussion as like the teams get more and more cut down. You know when there's eight teams and there's four teams and all of that. Um, Kaushik, uh, any last words before we close up episode 95, episode Houston Rockets slash uh, uh-huh. Mexican Steph Curry. Uh, no, no, nothing else. Like I think, I think there was a good, solid discussion. Like you said, like we typically run long, but um, we we waited a few months more than we normally do for playoff basketball. So I feel like it's all worth it. For sure. Um, thank um, you, everyone, for listening. And uh, I'm hoping that there's there'll be more uh, breaking news Indian basketball wise too by the night by the time we're back here. If if uh, if Yash is right about the interest that Aman Santu is getting. Maybe there'll be some big baby Punjab in, in the big leagues as well. Let, let's hope for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and thanks, thanks everyone for tuning in to us again. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, reach out to us on social media. Karan is at Karan Madhok1 at, on Twitter. I'm at underscore Koshik7 on Twitter. Um, and the podcast is at Hoopdarshan. We're also available on a bunch of different platforms like Facebook, SoundCloud, Podbean, and and other places too. So if you have anything, please hit us up. We'll definitely shout you out. Um, Otherwise, thanks as always for tuning in to us. And until next time, hashtag India Basketball.